Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today, Kirk Lowe and I are going to talk about the four steps to the perfect marketing strategy. Now, Kirk, when we were talking about doing this podcast, there was a word that we both decided that we needed to define right out of the gate, which is the word perfect. And you took some pretty kick-ass notes here. When you talk to advisors and they talk about the perfect marketing strategy, what words are they using or, or how do you define that? Well, I think every advisor will have their own ideas, but I'm, I'm guessing most of these ones that I've put here will resonate with them, uh, certainly more than others. But everybody will have their own list. And I'm, you know, I just brought this list to you. So it'd be nice for you to add some of your thoughts too sure. as we go along here. But uh, I guess for me, what I think advisors are looking for, in my experience, are less time and effort put into their marketing. That's pretty, that's a pretty good thing. Right, advisors are pretty busy fighting other fires and you know with other uh, huge accountabilities. So that's a big one. Yeah, more synergy. I don't know if this really gets talked about a lot, but I think it's huge because I think synergy breeds efficiency uh, and and better outcomes. So I think synergy is a great thing. I don't think most advisors really ever think about synergy. Well, hold on. Why don't you define that a little bit better? Because I think that's a buzzword that a lot of people try to throw around. But but you you know what synergy is when it comes to marketing. Can you elaborate on that? Well, can think of everything that you do should have versatility. In other words, it can be used in different ways or broken up potentially. Um, not only that, but it should be something that's easy to share and and, and put out to more people. And if it's not, then it's not a very good item, marketing item to begin with, right? If you do something one place, it's, it's almost like the idea of um, having a seminar and one person showing up or having a client, you know, talking to a client about something and not being able to leverage it to share with more people. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever watched Gary Vaynerchuk or any big influencer on LinkedIn as an example, they leverage one thing in so many different ways and their synergies that they create are unbelievable. Now everybody's going to say, ah, oh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's a multimillionaire, blah, blah, blah. But he, he focused on, on trying to make everything synergistic because it, it grew him, his persona, his influence, his authority way quicker. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but um, synergy is huge. Well, and quick is relative too, right? I mean, when you've got a million-dollar marketing budget and you are explosive, uh, as Gary V is, he's going to get a lot more attention. Uh, the The idea here is is making sure from a perfect marketing strategy that you realize that perfect, in my opinion, doesn't mean that it's going to be super quick, right? I mean, the most effective marketing strategies, the most effective brands that exist they started off small and slow and then grew and grew and grew. And that's where the synergy happens. That's where all of the pieces start coming together. It doesn't happen immediately. And I think our our clients specifically are historically quite impatient and are really looking for 
something that happens right out of the gate. I, I want to jump into something else that you had said here when it came to the overall idea of, of perfection. Because you said less time, more synergy. I want to add that most advisors think that the perfect marketing strategy, they don't have to do it. So if they're going to look at perfection, it's I'm going to outsource this to somebody else and they're going to do all of my marketing for me. I'm not trying to jump ahead, but but you and I talk about this a lot offline. Can, can we talk about that a little you, bit? Before you, added, these? you added two great points there, right? The first one was explosive. And I wrote it in my, our list here for you know, somebody's doing show notes for us. But explosive marketing is really neat uh, uh, idea. Like how do you make a real impact? And, you know, we talk about, I'm going to talk about branding a little bit later, but um, that's really important. How do you make an impression? Uh, and then you said someone else does, that's obviously huge. Can, you know, delegated marketing <laughs> is, a, is a good thing for most advisors in, in a whole bunch of different ways. Right. I was talking to an advisor yesterday um, who, who was, you know, was inquiring about uh, getting our help. And he said, how much? And I said, it's this much. And he said, oh, he said, um, I'm going to have to run that by my wife. I said, okay. He said, well, what I'm going to tell her, and I didn't cue him up on this. It was wonderful. He said, I'm going to tell her that I could either go hire a marketing person or a marketing team to do this, or I could hire these guys. And he said, what do you think it would cost me to hire a marketing team to do <laughs> this strategy? I said, well, yeah, it's probably, you know, this much for this person, that much for the other person. And he said, so you're really about 30% of the cost of them. And you guys have 20, 30, 40 years of experience and all kinds of talent that I would never be able. And he said, this is a no brainer. My wife is going to say yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought it was really, I thought it was really cool that, and I, I hear this a fair amount, actually advisors, obviously there's way more uh, male advisors. So it's usually, you know, the the conversations usually get around this stuff by my wife, although I've never heard any of our women advisors say they have to run this by their husband. <laughs> I was, you know, it's so funny that you said that. I was just yeah. thinking about that. I was like, I don't honestly think I've ever had one of our female clients say, "I need to run this by my husband," yeah. uh, which is yeah. Well, that shows you where's the pants. Well, let let's. There's another focus thing here that that I want to talk about when it comes to perfection because it has a lot to do with who does what, which is you said less uh, on your list here, less of who are you. What what does that mean? Yeah, which goes with the next one, which is more I love you. Okay. Less well, who, who are you? Um, we get those when we get an obscure introduction from somebody who didn't really tee us up. They haven't, you know, I, I went to your website for 30 seconds what do you guys do again? Somebody told me I should really be working with you. Those ones, they're, man, as soon as they come, they just drag, you know, they drain your energy, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm going to have to go through this. Um, it's not it's not a big deal. It's a good thing. But um, when somebody comes, like this guy we are talking about yesterday, said, I feel like I'm talking to an, a star. Like, you're, you're, you're like famous, man. I've been listening to all your podcasts. You're all over, you know, you're all over LinkedIn and blah, blah, blah. And I was laughing. Uh, as you know, somebody like me would, you'd be the same. Uh, it was fun. But um, the conversation wasn't, how are you guys, do you guys know your stuff? Are you any good? It was, you know, I, I've said this all the time, but it's, it's one of the most important things about having a great, great brand and having good marketing, right? Um, is being able to 
embrace that kind of conversation versus another one. So less, who are you more? I love you. Absolutely huge. When you talk about, when we talk about more ideal opportunities and you've been interviewed on this a lot, especially when it comes to, you know, really defining that, that make my ideal client, how do you streamline that? When, when an advisor looks at perfection in marketing, they're saying, I want to get my message in front of this person at this time. And I remember we had an old client who was actually an old coaching client of mine, guy I just absolutely love. And he said, Matt, there are people in the Philippines listening to my podcast. You know, why are they listening to the podcast? And I, my answer to him was, well, because they like it. But, but that, you know, Philippine people weren't his ideal client. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about how that can be overcome. Wow. Um, it's great tea up here. We're, we're jumping into stuff, but that's okay. Cause we, we decided, we said today, let, let's just, let's just let this one run, have a conversation. This, we, we, we actually contemplated whether or not, um, we should have a, a pint of beer and this would be like ha- hanging out with Matt Kirkwell or having a beer, but we decided against it. <laughs> that's because it's 11 a.m. <laughs> You're gonna make- Oh yeah, I I, I, we don't drink very often, so we're not really worried about it developing into a problem. We're podcasting. I guess I need a six pack. Um, Everybody knows I'm Canadian, and we all get you know we get affiliated with being big heavy beer drinkers, but uh, not true, mostly. So I can't remember the question now. The question. See, that's what it would be like if we if we brought that into the equation. Yeah. I, I'd be lost all the time. But that's that's why you get paid the big bucks. Yeah, that's that's honestly that's my entire job here. So it's the ideal of getting in front of more ideal opportunities. Yeah, I mean, having a great story is the first thing. So you you know, having a niche audience. We're really jumping into some stuff here, but it's good. Um, those when you're talking on your podcast, the more specific you are, the more self-qualifying people can do. Oh, he's talking about that. Yeah, that really rest. You know what? That's not really me. I don't really have those issues. I don't. And and that it's self-qualifying marketing. And and there's so many advisors I meet that are like so terrified of. Oh, I I don't want a niche market because I really don't want to give up these other opportunities. Well, if what you're doing, you, if you go after a very tight niche, okay, and you do really well in that niche, you create a lot of value, you're going to have a lot of success. It doesn't necessarily mean other people aren't going to resonate with what you're doing and work with you, or you're going to get referrals. You know what? My friend so-and-so, he's not a, you know who I am, but what you do really resonates with him, and he has a lot of the same challenges then you can still work with them. Maybe when one vertical dries up, you switch to another because you're you're resonating with other people too. But you've identified a niche that you're going to go for. It makes it a lot easier for your marketing people to go achieve success for you. It makes it easier for you to create value, right? So your, your podcast, your personality, the things you talk about, the challenges that you overcome for people, those should all be self-qualifying. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a huge thing. And what that's going to do, you know, the, the, po- the, the positive part is you're going to get more ideal opportunities. And the positive of the negative of that is you're going to get less non-ideal distractions. Sure. Right. So this is part of having a great story and having great marketing makes you way more referable and not only more referable, but it teaches your clients 
Like you can't, it teaches your clients how to better refer you and who to better refer you to. And you can make it way easier to refer people. I tell advisors all the time, are you more referable when you have a podcast or when you don't have a podcast? Yeah. Or if you have a great story or if you don't have a great story, if you have good centers of influence or you don't have good centers of influence, right? That those are the sorts of things. Or you have a white paper versus you yeah. don't have a white paper. Yeah. Or you have a blog or you don't have a blog. Yeah. yeah. And advisors are, I think, referrals, how to get better referrals is unequivocally the most important thing to almost every advisor I've ever spoken to. Yet the things that make you more referable or the things you would actually be able to have a, a, a guilt-free conversation or, or an awkward free conversation about would be, Hey, I just released uh, um, another episode of my podcast and it's on uh, estate planning for families with challenged uh, children. Mm-hmm. mentally challenged kids yeah, like special needs trusts and special needs, sorry i said that the wrong way so and i know that because you probably you know, have a group of friends in that you know with, with with other special needs kids and families that you probably know those those people uh, if you think any of those people would benefit from my podcast i'll i'll send you a link via email or or you can grab a link from your your mobile device um, if you know anybody that would benefit from it, would you mind sharing it? Because I think I'd love to get this message out because I think too many of these families are, you know, aren't, aren't getting it. They don't have enough help or specialized expertise. Do you think you could help? Oh, heck yes. I know at least 50. I'm going to a group thing the other day. I'm on the board of planning this event. Let me send it out. Okay. That's pretty cool. Well, and Kirk, the the best thing about it, in that specific situation is it's not salesy at all, right? That's, that's what people, when, you know, when, when we interviewed uh, Bill Cates uh, for our little mini series that we did with him a little while ago, he's, you know, part of his whole thing is referrals and his, one of the objections that he hears all the time is Matt, I'm, I'm afraid that when I ask for referrals, I'm going to sound too salesy or I'm going to sound too pushy. Kirk, what you just did there, whether it is with a white paper, I mean, how great would that be to say, Hey, I've got, you know, if you don't want to listen to a podcast, I've got a great free white paper. Listen, I'm just going to give it to you. Please share it with everybody because it's got some very good actionable items to make it sure that your family is going to be protected. Bam. I don't need to say, and if they want to make a you know free consultation with me, they can. That's where I think you take things too far. This is that courting process that you and I talk about a lot. But in order to have these easily handoutable things, right, you have to make an investment. And I was just on a Kathleen Burns Kingsbury's podcast. We'll make sure there's a link in the show notes for this. And, and we were talking about uh, money myths, right? And one of the big money myths that I think uh, that I learned really from you is that people don't spend enough money on marketing. You know, there's a 7% number where it really should be 15 to 20% of your gross not net spending on marketing. Very few advisors do that. But if you talk to the advisors who are absolutely killing it, they're spending north of 15% of their gross not net on marketing. Why, in your experience, do advisors balk so much against spending money to make money you know what you know what's interesting the advisors who spend the most money and who have the most success are in my opinion the ones who stuck with stuff like the ones that i know that spend the most money they're do that they've been doing the same thing for like five or ten years they found something 
that they look, I'm going to say that works and everybody's going to say, yeah, I haven't found anything that works yet. So I'm, I keep searching. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I know people who started doing seminars and it took them a couple of years to get really good at it and, you know, and, and know how to put, you know, the truth is, is you've got to stick with stuff and find something that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Um, is it feels like it's easy to do because you can find the right people to help you implement it, things like that and stick with it and then do the little things around it. And I know that when people do a lot of seminars, one of the things that they, they do is they talk about the fact that they have events with their cl- existing clients and they have a prospect and they're, they're, con- they're communicating that. Plus they let the seminar marketing company go do their thing. So their combined efforts always end up being something good. And the truth is, is that if you're doing a seminar and you're out there making stuff happen, people love to be around people that are doing that. That's right. So if you're talking about it with your clients, they're excited about it. But if you've got a podcast, for instance, and you're not telling any of your clients that you have one, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you bring that up. I just, uh, one of the things that, that um, I host is a podcast called The 99 Best Marketing Ideas for Financial Advisors. And uh, the last three people that I've interviewed, now these are all big, huge producers. And I ask them one question, which is, what are marketing ideas that you think haven't worked in the past? And each of them said, I don't ever believe a marketing idea hasn't worked in the past because I either learned from it or I keep doing it until it works. And these are people who are doing... We got to have one of those bells or alarms, right? Who's the guy that rings the big bell? He's the, Jim Cramer. Yeah, I mean, he's he's we're not nearly as cool as that. <laughs> I meant I, I, when I said cool, I meant I don't know what I meant, but maybe not cool, but nuts, <laughs> something like that. He's explosive. I'll give but you. That. I got to tell you something. I'm, I really hope that nobody. I mean, we're a, we're an odd pair to listen to on a podcast because I speak so slow most of the time that people want to hit that fast forward thing where you listen to it at one or two times the speed. But if they do that with you, you already, there's part, there was a part about two minutes ago where I swear you sound like Alvin from the chipmunks. <laughs> it's an incredible gift that you can talk that fast. Oh. My oldest boy can um, sing along with Eminem and it blows my mind. I'm like, I not a chance I could even come like half of that cadence anyway i thought that was really funny because i was like if somebody has this podcast on fast forward right now there's no way they're gonna understand what matt just said well does that mean i need to slow down what i just said but uh, i don't know man just be yourself but there's no no way they're gonna i'm gonna go back for fun and listen to that that part So under two times speed, that's awesome. That's how I listen to podcasts, by the way. Hey, okay, well, well, we're we're already we're already getting north on time here, and, and you have uh, four actionable steps to this perfect marketing strategy. So let's switch gears. So we just explained uh, to everybody what what no, perfect- we're going to finish this, man. We're going to do this. Uh, uh, all right. Okay. So what is perfection? Less investment. Right. So break down less investment. You you do more sales. I already did that. I said if you've got to go hire two people to do this oh, marketing yeah. strategy that's actually decent in your office, yeah. and and one cost you know sixty thousand dollars because you got to get somebody pretty good and smart, and then somebody who's going to be the implementer beside them, you know, who's maybe thirty thousand dollars. You're looking at a hundred k. 
Mm-hmm. And do they know what you could outsource somebody else to do? Advisors get so freaked out about costs sometimes. You, you got to put the stuff into perspective. If you want to have good marketing, you got to have people to do it. Are you going to hire good people or are you going to outsource to good people? Figure it out. Um, if you're big enough, you can hire for sure. Then you can probably supplement too with you know some outsourcing, you know certain skills that you don't want to hire for, and then have other people run the rest. Well, Kirk, you know, there's all of those books out there, the four hour work week, blah, 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 blah. And if you look at those, they're all the same thing. They go exactly. You hire or outsource to people who can do what you can do, but shouldn't do. And they're going to do it better than you anyway. This is no different. Um, I, I love it. So nerd wallet and the, the, the new, uh, Gen X advisor stuff, uh, that's out there. There's all sorts of stuff about that. And there are younger advisors who are outsourcing so much stuff now that allows them, one, to have a great quality of life so they're not working 90 hours a week, mm-hmm. two, that their stuff is so much better because they've hired and, and outsourced to the right people, and three, they're growing at the rate that they want to grow, whether that's you know them making a million dollars a year or $250,000 a year. They're looking at what do they need and want. It's not that, hey, I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses it's just a very, very different philosophy. And I wish some of our older advisors would adopt that philosophy and realize that, you know, time is the only resource we can't get back. We can't make more of. And so protect that time. I've also noticed that some advisors that we've come across over the years that spend a lot of money, I find sometimes they could, they should be, they get kind of stuck in used to spending that much money and their margins have come down from that. Like they've got momentum, but the momentum's kind of slow. I like saying momentum versus ROI all the time. You guys, I'm going to say it a whole bunch more in this podcast. But um, they, you, you learn from everything you're doing, but always be looking for ways for be to be more efficient because efficient can be more effective, and sometimes uh, can also be less less uh, expensive, which is a good thing, right? So another one is less trial and error for, for, you know, that's perfection to me. Like, you know, find um, something that, you know, makes a lot of sense, sounds right and go with it. Stop changing, you know, you learn from it for sure. So trial and error and learn and get better is fine, but trial and error is in, Oh, I'm going to do this, these completely different things. And, and they got to set each of them up. There's so much, so many, uh, some cost to try and, and, you know, getting established to do something completely different. So figure that out. The other one is more talent and more intelligence. If you have more talent available um, and more intelligence for, for marketing, that makes it for a much better strategy because you can get better and learn from it or do, and or do the right things right at the gate. Um, better, not necessarily newer. So I just kind of mentioned that in, you know, 30 seconds ago, which is the idea that if you're doing something, always be open to finding better ways to do it or achieve it. Um, not necessarily newer, but sometimes it can be newer. I heard of a, a group of advisors the other day who had anointed one of the younger advisors in the group. I think it's a, a five or six advisors. They uh, anointed one of the younger people to uh, look uh, to run their social media and to keep an eye out for, you know, new marketing ideas um, but apparently they squash his new marketing ideas quite quickly. Uh, but he had reached out to talk to me about, you know, what we're doing. And he had mentioned in that call, and I'm not trying to, you know, I, 
not obviously not going to name names, but or not trying to be mean, but this group of advisors who have been in the business, we'll call them senior advisors, were doing a uh, conference call on a monthly basis with their clients talking about market updates. There was no interaction. It was one voice reading the, a script on a call, no interaction. And he said, boring as can be, um, and and they have a time slot for it. So no, not many people, somewhere between not many and nobody are showing up. And they think it's a really good exercise because it's it's cheap. <laughs> and that's really happening, man. It's 2019. They got and 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 this young guy is like, well, I'm gonna do my best to try to speak with these guys and try to get them to open up to some other opportunities, but I can't make any promises because that's how difficult it is. And they really love doing this conference call at a certain time of the week and barely anybody to nobody is showing up and they're in love with it. Well, that, that goes, you know, even back to one of the other philosophies that, that we have too, that seems to be the best marketing is it's not about you, right? And that's exactly what that problem is, is it's about the advisors spewing their, you know, thought leadership instead of having it be very client focused and being very much about the whiff and what's in it for me from the client's perspective. The last thing about perfection is fun. Now, one of, as you guys can tell, Kirk and I have a lot of fun in the podcast. I absolutely love doing podcasting. This is what I get up for in the morning. Yeah, it's fun, you know, doing all of those other stuff, you know, helping Kirk run the business and all of those things. But, you know, I absolutely love doing this. If you hate doing something that's marketing, you need to stop doing it immediately. But if you're having a good time with it at all, whether that's going to networking events, podcasting, writing, blogging, being on the radio, doing seminars, it's energy giving instead of energy draining. That's really, in my opinion, the most perfect marketing you can have. What do you think, Kirk? Oh, 100%. It, it's, you know, if you can feel good about anything in your business, right? Whether it's the, all the people you work with, how much fun you're having marketing, how much you enjoy your, your, your clients and what they, you know, the energy they bring. It's absolutely critical all the time. We had a, we were talking to um, going through a brand um, discovery uh, session, I think a couple of weeks ago with a guy and he says that we have a no dicks policy. <laughs> And I don't think he meant no men, pardon me. He meant no, um, no assholes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, I I have not started drinking the beer, but, uh, (laughs) Vaynerchuk always says the more you be yourself, the more you attract people to you. So we're giving her a whirl here today. And I think it's true. You, you know, sometimes people and things happen and people freak out and they're just not nice or they're having bad days all the time. It brings your company down. We experienced that recently. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not good people, but you want, you want clients who are just happy and bring energy to everybody because you can each feed off the energy and always comes produces better outcomes. Yeah. And some of the times the outcome is just enjoying yourself at work. Right. And that's worth, I mean, that's worth something, right? I mean, goodness gracious, if you go home every day feeling like you've been punished, what, what are you doing? I mean, is it worth the money? Uh, I, I mean, I know a lot of advisors make good money, uh, but, but personally, I would rather try to have a better quality of life than I would, 
you know, roll in on a, you know, in a Rolls Royce or something yeah. like that. So we haven't even started talking about the four steps and what are we 20 minutes in? Uh, almost 30. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the four steps. Number one is credibility. So number one is I call credibility is the word, but it's really marketing credibility. Like how, or how can you achieve credibility through your marketing? Achieve it other ways too. So how do you build it? You have, you have a great office, you, you know, one that's easy to get to, um, one that's convenient, one that where you walk in, you feel special. So a good client experience where, where everybody's dressed in a way that makes them feel good or comfortable. Um, you know, and you have um, great marketing, nice beverages, nice art. You have a process that you take everybody through and everybody feels they know you have great uh, communications, uh, client support. Um, all these things build credibility. But the first thing that builds credibility, and I don't think advisors really give enough uh, credence to this, is your marketing. Because the marketing, your marketing is the almost, like in almost every case imaginable, especially these days, the first thing that people see about you and is your marketing is showcasing a better you or a lesser you. And I've got to tell you, most advisors I ever meet with, I think it's a lesser you. Yeah. We meet a lot of really good advisors who marketing is not as good as they are. And I also meet advisors who have better marketing that exceeds what they're actually about, which is a bad thing too, to a degree. You know, I don't know if I've ever heard you say that that way that their marketing isn't as good as they are. All of you listening to this need to think about that point right there. Is what you have that's client-facing, is your everything that has to do with your marketing, from your business cards to your logo to your website to your message to your process to your infographics to any of those things, do they succinctly communicate what really truly makes you unique and different? And I would say most of you have not put the time nor the effort nor the finances behind taking what makes you unique and different and, and, and putting it out there so that people can feel you, experience you, and understand who you are mm -hmm. before they ever walk in the door. Well, five years ago, I experienced this really odd trend in financial marketing. And it was a whole bunch of advisors in my mind, a certain style um, and what they were doing, what they were talking to me about and feeling very strongly about was that almost like the anti-nice marketing was what was going to work. I, I don't want to be that advisor who tries to look flashy. I'm so good at what I do that I'm going to buck the trend of what all these, everybody trying to tell me I need to have a nicer website, a strong brand. And I'm, I don't need that to be successful. Look what I've done up to this point. I've, I've have a, a good practice. I've run 150 million, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've got, and it was, it was really a weird, it was a weird little, it happened for a couple of years. I was getting, and it seemed to be building steam because I heard it more uh, I don't hear it anymore, but it was a weird little trend. And I said, well, five years ago, and I'm, I just maybe it just happened to be a bunch of advisors I, I was meeting who were against it. And I was meeting talking about other things, but it was weird. You know, do you know I, what I'm talking about? 
I do because it didn't work, right? I mean, that that's it's I believe it's as simple as that. I remember that too, because I was coaching a bunch of successful advisors at that point and and they were they were trying to do anti-marketing, which is I think what they called it. And there must have been somebody who wrote an article about it. We should probably try to find that. But yeah, that was uh that was utterly ridiculous. But that really goes with the next step, right? Well, actually on the next three steps, which is awesome that you just brought that up. But the next step we've talked about and really kind of beat into the ground here. But if you don't figure it out, I, we don't really know what else to tell you, which is the overall niche. You, you, the, the days of a generalist are, are less and less and less. In fact, if you look at uh, the physician's market, the general practice physicians are getting less and less. And what they are now is they're all PAs and, and things like that. So physicians are going into specialties. You are that physician. You should be going into a specialty. And if you want to have a generalist in your office, that should be an associate wealth advisor. What do you think? Yes, this has dual meaning to it, niche, right? It's niche, your niche expertise. And then there's the niche audience that's going, that that, that expertise is going to most resonate with, right? So you need to have a clearly defined target audience and you need a clearly defined strength and focus in, in your practice and, and you need to, so how do you, the first thing that I say, how do you define a niche is first, first thing before you define it is you want to do the math. What I mean by that is, do you want to do way better with a smaller group of people that you can easily find and, and, and replicate, or do you want to do have way less of an impact, uh, re- resonate less. Therefore you got to fight harder and meet even more people with, just anyone. And I rarely ever, like you start trying to put numbers down on paper, but how more effective deeply you can go. It's pretty easy to do the math and figure out that if you have a niche, I was talking to a company yesterday, they, they want to work with a local hospital. There's seven, uh, 15,000 employees in the hospital. When I did a quick search through my LinkedIn, I could find through second, third connections. I know we can't go out for third connections on LinkedIn. But I, because I don't know anybody in that area, I would have less. I easily found 7,000 of them that were on LinkedIn from that hospital, from the hospital. Right. So that's a, that's, a, I can, I can, go, I can easily find and communicate with those people. But most advisors haven't defined some kind of way, manner, a niche or how to go find people in a way that they can do that. But the, this company knows that they could go after these clients for years, years and years and years. And there's administer so many high end roles at, in, a, in a hospital as an example, right? They, and they said, there's no other advisors going after it. I'm not going to say where they're at. Cause yeah, that's, that's fair. It, but um, they, yeah. So, you know, it look, so do the math. The other ones be resourceful like that. That's super resourceful, right? They've identified, something in their community that a marketer might not know, but what they should be able to identify. So be resourced when you're thinking about finding a niche, uh, either what you're good at or who you want to work with. Look inward. You know, what are you really good at? Who do you really want to work with? You can ask yourself some big questions. And this other one, I say be ruthless. What I mean by that is targeting people is not a bad thing. I think some people have a weird guilt with it sometimes like, or, and then be ruthless to your, in your business. Like, be ruthless and go for the profit. Stop worrying about the little profit that's on the side you're going to lose and focus on the big profit that's in that vertical. So be almost like being ruthless to yourself. Sure. 
you know, go for it. So those are, you know, some pretty quick snippets about how important having a niche is. And that's step two of, uh, to the perfect marketing strategy. Right. In you don't th- have that, good luck. Well, Wait. right, because it's going to be difficult for, for the next one here, which is exposure, because if you right. don't have a target uh, target. I, I'm, we've I've said this a bunch of times on the podcast, but it's like going out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean with a net and throwing it somewhere and hope you catch the right thing, right? If you don't have a niche, if you don't have a focus, then then it's going to be really really hard for you to get appropriate exposure. Elaborate. Yeah. So here here's the test. Go into a go into LinkedIn. Uh, if you've got Sales Navigator, look at an advanced search. If you don't, just do the regular search and try to define. Try to see if you can find. 5,000 people or 3,000 or something like that. Some, somewhere between, we'll say somewhere between three and 5,000 people that you can identify there that you would like to connect with. And that would give you an opportunity to really grow your business. See if you can go find a bunch of people. And if you can't, then you got to figure stuff like that out. If you're going to expose yourself, you got to expose, you got to, you got to be everywhere that your audience would be hanging out. So think about that. How do you achieve that online in person? via your clients. In other words, ask them for referrals. Don't ask for referrals. Ask them to share your episode with people. That's a, an incredibly simple way to do that. Um, via centers of influence, same thing. Go to center of influence. Say, I've just did a, a podcast on this. How many of your, you know, do you know anybody in your client base that would benefit from knowing what I talked about? Heck yes, I would. By the way, I'd love to have you on a podcast next week or you're out. Absolutely. Let's do it at events. Are you going to events? Are you doing events? Are you talking about the things that you're doing in your events? Right. Um, Don't sell, educate, help people everywhere you go. If you're helpful, generous, provide a ton of value. I've told you before, the greater the specificity you can have with your niche, the more value you can create and the more, and the more valuable you are. And you'll, you'll get more clients just from that fact. Not even the fact that you're going after that you know where to find those people, but the fact that you create so much value means you're going to be more referable. And you got way more points of value to refer to. It, this stuff creates momentum like crazy. And advisors are you know, doing this, doing that. I started this, stopped that, changing this, changed that. I, I believe in this, but I don't believe in that. Or I have money for this, I don't have money for that. You got to get this stuff together. You got to pay attention to these four steps and do well at them and and slowly, you know, figure this stuff out or quickly. (laughs) Well, and so credibility needs exposure, right? So those are the first three steps. Uh, Let's wrap up today with, with talking a little bit more about influence and, and really what we mean by influence and how one achieves whatever level of influence they want. Yeah, so influence is about being there, talking to the right people with the right kind of information as generously as you possibly can, and and being there for a long enough period of time. This is why you got to stick with stuff that people know you're there, and you've been around, and your 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 name just keeps popping up. And guess what? That makes you more of an authority. When a when a when a pro, when an ideal prospect calls us up and says it's like talking to a star because i listen to all your podcasts i love them you guys are amazing that's a good 
thing to have in your business, right? It's a lot of fun. Gets you really jacked up. Makes you feel you're smarter than you probably are. That's fine. Um, but here's some ways to achieve that. You got to have a good brand, right? You got to be memorable. And you got to resonate. You got to be intriguing. And, and you got to figure that stuff out because if you're not, you're just killing your ability to have authority, which is all the hard work you're trying to get towards, right? That's a big, a big outcome or a milestone for everybody. How do we become an authority? We call it micro influencer here because authority, you know, authority in a, in, a, in a smaller area with a smaller group of people that you want to work with and according to your special area of specialization, right? Next one is personality. Got to be yourself. People are always going to be attracted to who you are, not just what you know. So if you can't be yourself, you can't attract as many people. So you've got to be yourself and you've got to have personality. That's why we love podcasting because it's so easy to showcase your personality. Although I think we've got to keep doing a better job of helping our advisors showcase personality in their podcasts. But I think they're a little remiss at doing that. Um, the other way you achieve authority and influence is, is through generosity. You got to share all the time. Um, that's really huge. And share as much as you can. This is not a game of cat and mouse with people or bait and switch where you're trying to not give them much of what you know. Tell them everything you know. That's how you become um, wanted and desired and, and so important in somebody's world is when they realize that you know a lot. It also, it also changes the game of the landscape, of the competitive landscape, when you have done so much work to be an incredible financial advisor and you're keeping that a big secret until they come into your office and experience you for a year, figure out how to take all that wisdom and experience, put out into the world so that they know you're the, you know, the greatest of all time, right? You got to, if you're not doing that, you're, you're wasting time. All that money you put into your CFP, all those clients you've worked with, all the, all the, the financial planning talent, the pair planners, whatever that you put it in, all that time effort, all the solutions providers that you talked to and pushed away and kept the best ones, all that. If people don't understand all that stuff, how can you possibly be great at marketing? You've got to be gener generously sharing that stuff all the time. And the last one about achieving influence is you've got to be an expert. And this goes along with what I just said. You've got to be as valuable as you possibly can to the people that you love working with the most. If you can't be more valuable than everybody else, it's just a crapshoot whether or not you're going to get the business. And I think that's how 90% of advisors are rolling. All men to that. Or flatlining. I'm going to show you a chart. Look on my LinkedIn. I'm going to show you a chart I just created. It's one of those back of the napkin drawings, except it's, it's a behind me whiteboard drawing. <laughs> <laughs> and I had so much fun drawing this thing and I shared it with internally and everybody loves it. And it's basically a drawing that kind of depicts everything we talked about today. Yeah. It's about how do you, if you do these four things, you can, you can't help but create a ton of momentum in your business. And if you want to sit there and measure ROI every step of the way, my guess is, is when you haven't created enough momentum to achieve the ROI you want, you're going to stop and move on to the next thing. That's why I tell everybody, stop talking about ROI, create momentum and never stop creating it. Everything will take care of itself. 
you know, we you don't believe we, in momentum. Oh boy. Well, it's it's simple physics, to be honest. Uh, you know, not you know, yeah, a lot yeah. of our listeners love math, right? It's escape velocity. There, there's a there's so much energy that you have to have in order to escape the atmosphere uh, or to be able to achieve unbelievable greatness. That's the sort of stuff that Kirk and I are talking about today. What what can we do? What can you do? What are the mindsets that you need to have for for a great, perfect marketing strategy? And a lot of it is that momentum. A lot of it is that escape velocity. It can take you anywhere from seven to ten years to to do this if you do it on your own. If you don't want to wait that long, and most of you are terrifically impatient, if you listen to our podcast, if you you know, download the white papers that we write. And, and if you potentially decide at some point that you want to utilize us, we can cut that 10 years down to three, right? So where do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? That's the question that you need to ask yourself. Do you want people coming in and ready to do business? Or do you want to have to go through all those terrible sales things that you learned when you were doing the 10,000 dials a week? right? That's the sort of stuff that we want you to consider and focus. And that's why we're so passionate about what we do, how we do it, and why it's so important for you to grow your business. Kirk, closing statement. We talk about, we titled, use the word per, perfect. And we talked about how, you know, what is perfection. And the truth is, is that's a really crappy word. It's a great word for a title, but it's a crappy ideal, right? So you're always looking to get better all the time. So don't take this as the pursuit, you know, this, this, the strategy is the pursuit of perfection, but think about how this kind of marketing, this kind of marketing that you can build can create the perfect practice for yourself, which is achieving all those things that lead towards, you know, having the perfect marketing strategy. I just want to be clear there that we're not looking for perfectionism, but you're looking for momentum and that is perfect. Momentum is absolutely perfect. The energy that you can tell from when I first started podcasting to where we're at now is because of the momentum that we've created in our business from doing really good work for people. And this podcast has been the savior in my business. It's been unequivocally the best thing, best decision I've ever made is, is you and I doing this podcast. Yep. I'm into that. I absolutely agree. Okay, everybody. So if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And if you want to talk to Kirk or I, all you have to do is email us at Kirk at Top Advisor M, that M is for marketing.com, or Matt at Top Advisor M marketing.com, uh, or connect with us on LinkedIn. We're both fiercely uh, active on LinkedIn, always posting fun stuff and communicating and having fun, wishing people happy birthdays and saying congratulations because we really truly believe that, uh, you know what? Uh, it, it, it is really about relationships, and that's really what we're about building. If you have not uh, given us a review on iTunes yet, we'd really appreciate that, even though that we are uh, in the third top blog in our industry. So we're creeping up there. We're going to be number one sooner rather than later. And finally, if you have any topic ideas or guest suggestions for the podcast, go ahead and email me directly at Matt at TopAdvisorM. That M is for marketing.com. So for Kirk Lowe and everybody here at Top Advisor Marketing, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. 
click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.